This is Conversations About Foster Care. In this first season, join our conversation about transitions, removal, and coping with change, trauma, and grief. The system is made up of all of us, so let's talk about how we can do better by our kids. Hello again, everyone. It's Kurt. Hello, it's Marika. Welcome to our last episode, episode eight. We said we'd do eight episodes um, from the start, and this is our final episode of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll maybe re- record another season one day, but uh, for now, this is our last episode. Yeah. So full disclosure, a lot of time has passed since we've recorded an episode. We actually recorded the bulk of the season, in fact, the whole thing, in 2019. Long time ago. <laughs> and then we edited it and worked on it and released it once we went into this weird period of time uh, that we're still in um, with containment and COVID-19. So we haven't recorded an episode for a really long time, months and months and months, uh, but we always intended to do a final episode once we dropped the first seven and gotten a bit of feedback and and decided what we really wanted to wrap up with um i guess we the for, for the maybe for the listeners it's only really been like maybe a month and a half since the last episode dropped so yeah that's true so it might seem like it's a but if you if you were listening to the first seven episodes and thinking why aren't they mentioning COVID nineteen it's because all of that was recorded well before uh, lockdown. The world has changed. The world has changed, and I'm sure it's changed for you guys, your lives, and it's certainly changed our lives. Um, we found ourselves immediately unemployed. Uh, we both work in industries that were completely shut down by COVID nineteen, and um, probably won't start back up again still for months. So uh, that changed our lives, and then we found ourselves at home with not much to do. And that was kind of fun for We're having a great time <laughs> for a few weeks. And then we decided that, um, you know, we had a bedroom sitting there and we had a lot of time on our hands and love to give. And it, it seemed a bit rude not to uh, call our agency and say, look, if you have anyone in an emergency short term placement situation, about 48 hours later, they called <laughs> us and said, well, we do have a an unusual and sudden situation. And so the reason Another reason we've been delayed so much is we've been very, very, very busy with um, uh, being in containment with two young loves, um, an elementary age child and a high school age child. Um, Remembering that our original, um, you know, certification was for, for one for one child up until about the age of ten. six or no, ten. No, we, we were registered, licensed up to ten. Yeah, right. So this is this is two kids. Above, above that, that age, age. <laughs> um, but we we thought it would only be for a couple of weeks, so we said, "Sure, why not?" And um, as it turns out, um, uh, they're going to be with us uh, for a while yet. We're not sure how long, and uh, we're currently fiercely advocating for them to remain in their community um, with a extended family member. But we're not going to spend the episode talking about that. But we did want to kind of tell you a little bit about what our last few weeks have been like, just so you. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's lots of uh, parents uh, out there maybe listening to the podcast and, um, you know, foster care or not, I think everyone's, you know, having an extremely difficult time doing that homeschooling thing, right? Yeah. And our kids, you know, are suffering trauma as well. Um, as and a well lot as, of change before they got to us. Yeah. yeah. Um, trauma and change. And, uh, and so trying to get them to watch a school classroom thing on an iPad 
or or do maths or anything. I mean, they it's don't the like. worst. I didn't want to do it, and I'm sitting there telling them they have to. You yeah, know? so I'm sure a lot of you out there uh, have gone through similar things, but we've certainly been, you know, one on one the last what eight weeks mm-hmm. or so. Yeah, you know, I've I've worked with the older kiddo, and you've worked with the younger one, just because of the way we. We've been like full time teachers' aides. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's full on. So, so here's to the teachers yes. out there. We said that before. Teachers are amazing, and we have said that before. But I think we have even a, even if possible a deeper appreciation of what um, what teachers had to dig deep and do over the last couple of months. It's yeah, extraordinary. With dealing with Google Forms and how oh, you get classes that you know, and they're trying to keep it all private. And oh, it's a nightmare. And um, yeah, so having two new kiddos under containment with the anxiety and the stuff of COVID. Plus trauma and transition, plus um, homeschooling. It's it's been a lot, and we've certainly gone into the deep end, very much so. But but it's been fun. Yeah. <laughs> having said that, they're amazing, and and we're they're having a amazing. good time. Um, it's also with the older one is well into almost adulthood, and mm. um, at this time is just wanting to experience his independence and naturally and get out, age, see his yeah. friends, go for bike rides, all that stuff. Get a job. Get a job. Uh, and we've had to be like, nah, can't do any of that. And why do you have? Why do we have to wash our hands again? You know, like it's just yeah. There's a lot of really tense stuff that I'm sure many families are dealing with in COVID situations. Um, and in New York City, obviously, which everyone knows is a, a huge hotspot. Mm. Um, so we are doing the best we can. Uh, and at the moment, we've actually gone upstate a bit and um, tried to get away, which has been a really lovely week. And mm. we've had a lot of time in the pool and chilled out, which is. And so we've had space because um, we've been four not small humans living in a kind of four ish room apartment. It's a two bedroom New York apartment, which yeah. everyone knows is not a big space. <laughs> and so that one of the other delays is when we've literally haven't had the the square footage and silence to be able to record. So here we are. Yeah, it's a it's an odd thing. We you know, when we had our kiddo before, you know, we didn't have we were, you know, full time parents in the sense that with a young kid you can't leave them by themselves. So you're sure. always having to be there. But in this situation, just the that we can leave them alone a bit, but we can't ever have the privacy to have a conversation with a friend or a casework or something without them hearing. Yeah, I mean, foster parents, I don't know if you've experienced this, but because our kiddos are older and, of course, old enough to understand their situation and we try to be really transparent with our kiddos and not have secret conversations. Having said that, there's sometimes where you do need to go give their lawyer a, a, a call or do something and you don't want to upset their day by them hearing that conversation and Mm. when you're in containment and you're in a small apartment y'all how do you even do that like there's just nowhere to go nowhere to have those delicate conversations so here's a fun lesson we learned this week um the you know we you know up here we've come off state and we were researching this for a week or so we're now Mm. late at night in our bed trying to figure out where to get an airbnb that would be suitable yeah but the, here's the fun, the fun <laughs> lesson. Maybe many of you have learned, and we just caught up on. Um, but we thought it would be a wonderful surprise to oh, let yeah. the kids know. Uh, hey guys, we're surprising you. It's going to be this great trip holiday. upstate, holiday upstate. And uh, we learned very quickly that kids who uh, are suffering trauma, who um, have had a lot of transition in their no life, transition and, and feel like they've got no control over what their life is currently doing, yeah. don't like surprises. <laughs> Yeah, so, as, as our younger one uh, said, and I thought this was 
very poignant and very true. She said, we're just really used to getting bad news. Yeah, and so when we walked into the room and went, hey, we, guys, we, need to talk to, we, we've we, said, we said we need to talk to you about something. We said it in, yeah, and we were full to the brim of like absolute joy and yeah. giddy excitement and they just looked at us ashen like, oh, my God, what is going to happen next? And, and then what was really interesting is that then when we even gave them the news and reassured them that it was going to be fun um, – you know, it took a full twenty four hours. It took a twenty four hour period for them to get on board because they were so scared and so shaken up by you know Even that just, feeling of not having yeah. the the control of of anything. And um, you know, I think we, we've learned that before. We we know that cerebrally, but to yeah. learn it in in real time was another big smack in the face to go. Yeah. Well, afterwards, guys, I was like just absolutely knocking my head against a wall, going, "How did we not think that through?" Because I feel like with our limited experience we we would have known that but we just we were so excited that we just didn't think anyway note to your note to yourselves uh we hope we've saved some of you from um surprises gone wrong again we're not going to talk too much about um the current situation that we're in but it has really brought home to us again that the system does need a lot of great foster parents and foster families out there because our kiddos just happened to have been in a previous foster care situation a long time ago, but they reference it quite a bit. When they they first arrived, you know, they've been with us long enough now that they've uh, opened up quite a lot and talked to us about their feelings at, at that time. And they've said they were, they were very scared at that time, you know, driving to our place. Mm. And, um, and when they first got out of the car, I remember the younger kiddo looked at us and said, oh, they look like nice foster parents, not like our last ones. Mm. And you go, oh, man. Yeah. And since then there's just been little uh, memories, I guess, that have bubbled up for each of them about that experience and and none of them are positive. You also, yeah, we just – Model of the story, we need more great foster parents because – you know, like we've heard with people we've interviewed, Jean and um, other people that have gone through, you know, 20 plus foster care mm. homes in their lifetime. And you just go, kids deserve way more than that. So we did want to wrap up the, the season. Uh, we've made it about transitions and uh, we do want to reiterate some of the things that we've learned and the things that we believe in um, that we did reiterate in episode six. And we had that great episode with Jennifer. Uh, but, you know, we do look back on our situation particularly with the kiddo that we raised from newborn, basically newborn, to well into her toddlerhood. And, um, you know, we now are in a situation where we have no contact with her. And, you know, we can understand that there are many people in the system who go through or dra- are dragged through the mm. foster care system, you know, that they didn't want to be there, they their family members brought them into the system, all that kind of stuff. And many people that have that happen to them then get to the end of it have the kid come back into their care and they they go great we've got the kid back where she belongs this is great and then they just try to forget that 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 potentially the kid was ever in foster care now that is probably a very natural thing and we understand that that is a feeling that a lot of people will feel but again we want to reiterate if there are people out there who are going through this in their own lives Please understand that from that kid's point of view, she thinks that we were her parents. And now I'm not we're not saying we 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 are fighting or wanting to be the adoptive parents. We supported reunification the whole way along. We supported that birth family the whole way along. So from that little child's point of view, they were yanked from what she saw as her family, which was us, and 
taken to a new family, which she now probably gotten used to and, and loves course. very well and all that stuff, and is settling in well enough. The children were fine. But in a toddler brain, he's kind of looking around going, why, why is no one mentioning those people that, you know, that she misses? Um, yeah, and I think, though, this would be relevant to really any age of child. You don't ever want to deny a chapter of a child's life, whether they're four or 14, you know, you have an opportunity as a foster parent or a reunifying birth parent or an extended family member, whichever custodian you are, to marry the child's past to their present. And arguably, you have a responsibility if you want your child to move through their life with mental and emotional healthful outcomes, you know. Um, and, and I think this, you know, Kurt's talking about it obviously very personally from the perspective of foster parents, which is just our you know, point of view, but this goes absolutely for um, the other side, which is, you know, when a birth family member is overlooked in an adoptive family or a foster family, you know, the the idea, I mean, we still see this most days in some of the forums we're in on Facebook where some foster parent, I'm sorry, I shouldn't be laughing, but I just find it laughable in the year 2020 that these conversations are happening. And that's incredibly judgmental of me because forums should be a safe space. But, you know, yesterday we saw a lady get on and she's like, I've had my foster daughter, you know, since she was, you know, a few weeks old and we're on the track to adoption. And my question is, do I tell her or do I just wait until she's older or do I keep her from her? And I, I just, again, in this day and age that anyone could think it is in a child's best interest to not understand their story, not understand their story and not keep connected with those people in their life is it's, it's, it's mind boggling to me because some very basic rudimentary homework and research would tell anyone that it is so, so vitally important to help a child understand their entire story at every age and stage in an age-appropriate way. Um, and that every family that we get ourselves involved in through foster care should be part of our family from that yeah. point onwards. And that if we have a situation where, you know, a birth parent um, is unable to reunify and we do end up adopting that kid, that that kid will always grow up we're wanting to ask that that birth parent or that birth family questions. Yeah, and, and we, be very connected to them. Yeah. There is a very, we recognise that there is a very, very small percentage of um, situations in which a relationship with a birth parent is just not safe for the child. But the statistics of that, I assure you, are a lot lower than most people understand them to be. And also if a birth parent is, you know, extremely uh, violent or abusive and that's not an option, there's almost always grandparents and aunties and uncles. There's no excuse to keep a child, you know, locked away in a castle claiming that they're quote unquote yours because you're uncomfortable with inviting family into your life because and again that goes both ways it's that thing absolutely when the birth family and that because they're uncomfortable with discussing all the fact that they went into foster care yeah um, oh we'll just we'll just ignore that that ever happened yeah and so yeah we're asking everyone to get a bit uncomfortable yeah and with transitions like Kurt was saying, there really does need to be a department in every agency that really oversees that, and we do need to see some transitional practices happening for each and every age and stage that foster parents understand that, yeah, not only are we working towards reunification, but when that happens, you're going to have to be involved in that transition. I saw in a, another Facebook forum a few weeks ago a woman in a county in a, a state, it was nowhere near us, it was somewhere in the Midwest, and I apologise, I don't remember specifically where, but she was saying that the 
judge had ordered the birth family to move in to her house for a period of a couple of weeks. Um, and then they were hoping that the foster parent would then do some overnights in the new house. And the woman, the, the foster mother, was understandably uncomfortable. She had biological children and other foster children in the home. It was going to cause a lot of upheaval. It was going to cause a lot of explanation. It was going to cause a lot of intimacy because she was going to have to have the birth, um, I believe it was a birth parent that was being reunified in her home and they were going to have to co-parent essentially over a few weeks. And she was asking for advice. And I just thought, oh my goodness, wow, whoever that judge is, that's the most um, radically logical judgment I have seen in foster care for some time that a judge has said, no, looking at it from the child's point of view, this child's going to need to know who this new person is. They're going to need to have that person see them go through bedtime and meal times, and you all are going to have to work together to parent. And so this kid understands that all the grown-ups are at the table for him or her. And also going back to our current placement, um, and we'll get on to using the, the term placements in a minute, but um, getting on to the current kids that are in our home, you know, we've found it to be incredibly strengthening for them for us to reiterate to them all the time that, guys, when you go back to live with whoever it is you're, you're going to potentially end up with, you know, which we're working on at the moment, whenever that happens, you know, we want to be part of your lives mm. for your, your whole life. And it has been interesting stuff. for us, I think, having had the experience with a really young, predominantly nonverbal child who just couldn't really understand those outcomes and, you know, and now, you know, going through this experience with much, much older kids who have phones, for example. So um, the idea that we won't be in their lives, you know, hopefully at the moment seems implausible because we're all just going to do that and get on with it. And already we... Uh, making, you know, a tremendous effort, um, which is being received wonderfully by the people in their community who are putting up their hand to adopt them. Mm. And we really keep making sure those people understand that we're on their team. Yeah, I think that's one of the big things we learned from the first time we went through foster parenting. I'd almost say it's, you know, you get those questions on Facebook sometimes. Yeah, I've just, I've just um, finished my certification. certification. <laughs> what, what, what do you have advice for me? And yeah. I think almost the main piece of advice is make sure that when you meet that birth family or whatever, you make sure they know and feel and understand that you are on their, their side, side, the kid's side, and not the agency or the system side. And not your own side. And not your own side. Yeah. Because I think, you know, certainly in our case, and I imagine in many, many other cases, the birth family see the foster parents as part of the system, yeah. part of the the problem that has taken their kids away. Yeah, oh, and to be fair, some foster parents are operating on their own agenda yeah. and are so gung-ho to adopt a child, they just are willing to overlook the fact that um, perhaps the point, the point are, of foster care. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, I'm not meaning that as a disparaging thing, but it is a really common situation. Yeah. Um, we've been really thrilled with the feedback uh, that we've gotten from the podcast. It was one of the main reasons we wanted to do this. Um, we've since had quite a number of people just in the periphery of our community or friends of friends who've reached out to us and said, hey, because of the podcast, we've decided to become foster parents and we've opened up a dialogue with them going into more detail. And we're really glad to hear that some people, in spite of what we're talking about, are up for the challenge well, and ready to be love warriors. <laughs> we, 
That's the main reason why we, we want to do the podcast to encourage people to get into foster care because it is big and, you know, the most challenging things are the most rewarding, right? So, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you feel that more so than me and that's not that I, I don't think that's one of the points of the podcast, but I I really wanted this season to be about giving a voice to former foster youth and we've had really mixed success with that. And by that I mean... I think, honestly, we haven't given much voice to the former no, foster No, I don't then. think we have. Jean was a wonderful episode that gave us a lot of insight. I went looking in, you know, as I refer to all the time, I mean, several forums online and the two ones that I prize the most are led predominantly by former foster youth and people who've come through the system Um and a lot of them, a lot of them have had really negative experiences or perhaps had great experiences, but still have I had to unpack a lot of trauma, which is just natural for anyone who's adopted or, or gone through the foster care system. And remembering that the age of these former foster youth now as adults mm. came through the system 20, 30 years ago when they were, you know, teenagers and growing up when it was more, you know, secretive and don't tell, you know, do I don't Yeah, that perhaps, but I still think a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of that stuff hangs over today. Um, but I really, uh, in, I put out several notices asking for more people to share on um, the podcast. And the reality is that it is, it's a delicate, it's delicate subject matter and not everyone is able to come on and talk about stuff. Um, there are a couple of other podcasts. We'll try and put links into the podcast description with some of the other places you can go for resources. There are some specific podcasts and Facebook pages that are exclusively for listening to the stories of former foster youth and I would encourage anyone considering foster care. And if you're considering domestic adoption or international adoption, I would urge you a hundred times more to do even more investigation and homework and listen to those voices. Some of the feedback we did get from former foster youth did give us some criticism and we wanted to talk yeah. about that. One lady got back to me and commending us on certain things and suggesting other things, but the end of her comment really struck me and she she wrote that, but honestly, should foster parents have podcasts at all, mm. meaning that she feels from her point of view that the foster parents are the only big voices out there and, and, and I in, agree with that. in cinema, in stories, we in the news and all that stuff. It's, it's always, always from the perspective of the adoptive or foster parents. Yeah, so they feel, former foster youth often, I think, that they don't have a voice and the question she was asking was, do you really do need, need to another make, po- another, yeah. another make a podcast? Yeah. And, and I... I hear that and I and I understand where she's coming from. But I think I would still say that bottom line is, you know, well, the alternative is to just shut up and not have a podcast and not say things at all. Well, and I, I think, think what really spurred us on to make it was that we didn't see anything about transitions specifically and what we through it went through in moving a child from one home to another was so specific and so painful that it blew my mind that no one else has has just very – specifically dealt with this particular thing that every single foster kid goes through and that is moving from one home to another and the the trauma and impact that has um that's what made me want to make this podcast sure but i think you know the alternative is to just not not say anything and not have a conversation and i don't think that's the answer i think we should be having these conversations and if former foster youth can be part of that conversation more so then we absolutely encourage former foster youth to reach out to us and we'd love to interview you maybe in a second season or as we make more of the podcast we hear you we know you're there and we want to hear your opinions as well 
Another bit, a little bit of feedback we got again that struck me was someone said it was a former foster youth person who said, "Don't call us placements." Mm. You know, it sounds clinical or whatever. And I thought, well, that's fair enough. You know, yeah, um, it's really true. I think I, I think it's it's somewhat easy to to use the word placement um, to you know when we try to make up names for the kids on the podcast and and say without saying the he or she and all mm, that stuff. Mm. Placements is a nice neutral. Non male, female, uh, young age. It's a nice yeah. word to. But I can understand if it. I grew up and I heard that, I'd be like, ugh, yeah. I wasn't a placement. I was a human being, you know. Yeah. So like, sorry, sorry for using that one. We'll try to kind of make that better in the future. Since I heard that from you uh, a few weeks ago, I have been really picking myself up on it and realized how often I have used that word. Hmm. <laughs> so I think that's, that's, uh, we should wrap up the, the season. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks to everyone. Thanks to everyone that's been involved. Uh, we want to thank all the interviewees that we've had on the podcast, sharing some of the, the trauma and the things that people have been through is an incredibly difficult thing, and, and we do want to thank those people for that. Uh, we want to thank you know Kenny Ogilvie for who did the graphic design, Chris Haugen for the music. We want to have a huge shout-out to our family and friends, um, everyone who's extended family of ours our grandparents all these people who loved on our kids and who continue to love on these kids who we've got now home at the moment thanks for joining the conversation here at the table at conversations about foster care we look forward to having more uncomfortable conversations with you in the future yeah so right now as of today we've had over a thousand downloads of the podcast it's uh, really wonderful and comforting to see that people are listening and hopefully enjoying getting something out of what we've been talking about but a final quest please rate us on itunes uh keep lifting that algorithm on itunes if you rate us make some good comments that helps us get out there in the world and we won't be recording an episode for a little while so this is us sounding out for now and uh take care take care and here just for funsies are some outtakes this Con- is i thought we were just doing the title sorry this, this is, is conversation, conversation. <laughs> sorry <laughs> This is your job. <laughs> you stopped. Thanks for listening. We encourage you to make an inquiry about becoming a foster parent. Because every kid deserves to be loved unconditionally, even when their future is uncertain. We're the grown-ups. We can do that. And every kid is worth it. Mm-hmm.